السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد الذي ملأت قلبه من جلالك وعينه من جمالك ولسانه من لذيذ خطابك فأصبح فرحا مسرورا مؤيدا منصورا وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم نوينا التعلم والتعليم والتذكر والتذكير والنفع والانتفاع والإفادة والاستفادة والحث على التمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسوله والدعاء إلى الهدى والدلالة على الخير ابتغاء وجه الله ومرضاته وقربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى So uh, before we begin with today's lesson uh, it's worth mentioning that uh, today on this blessed day of Jumu'ah, that this is actually the last day of Jumu'ah, the last Friday of the Hijri year. So this is the last Friday of the year 1441 after the migration and Hijrah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And oftentimes at the conclusion of something, whether it's Ramadan or whether it's a year or whether it's a particular, uh, for example, retreat. Today's our last day of the summer retreat. Uh, the, the scholars and the righteous, they turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking His forgiveness and acceptance. So we pray and hope that this is a good sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that on this last Friday of the year 1441, on the last day of the retreat, that we are spending time with the, uh, the concept and the virtue of repentance and of turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of seeking His forgiveness. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept uh, all our good deeds in this year and to forgive all of our sins and to make this upcoming year, inshallah, a year of openings and relief and blessings uh, for the entire ummah and for all of humanity. Amin. So now we're looking uh, at the final chapter of Al-Habib Ahmed bin Zayn's book, Tiryakh Al-Qulubi Wal-Absar, The Remedy or the Healing for the Hearts. And he says, Al-Khatimatu lihadihi al-risala bi-dhikri shay'in min fadail al-istighfar wa shay'in min anwa'ihi al-fadila. So the conclusion of this treatise uh, is focused on some of the virtues and benefits of seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and also various ways and various formulas from the Qur'an and from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam of seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Uh, usually at the beginning of every lesson we'll start off with Sayyidul Istighfar but he actually includes it here so inshallah we'll read it together. Uh, in the section where he mentions it ta'ala. So he starts with verses from the Qur'an talking about the virtue of turning back to Allah and seeking His forgiveness. So he says, قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ إِذْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ جَاءُوكَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا اللَّهَ وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُمُ الرَّسُولُ لَوَجَدُوا اللَّهَ تَوَّابًا رَحِيمًا 
It's really profound and beautiful that Al-Habib Ahmed bin Zayn began the verses of seeking Allah's forgiveness with this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and when they wrong themselves, and uh, uh, if they, they wrong themselves and they come to you, who is you here speaking to? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If when they wrong themselves and then they come to you and they ask for Allah's forgiveness and the messenger asks Allah's forgiveness for them, they would find Allah uh, uh, forgiving and merciful. They would find Allah ever relenting and merciful, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, this is a, a really beautiful ayah that shows, first and foremost, our unsevered connection to the Prophet sallallahu and that he is Allah's beloved, and that his care for his ummah actually continues into his life in the barzakh. And even beyond his life in the barzakh sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, it continues to the day of judgment. And for those who were able to watch Habib Hussein's lesson on the resurrection and the great intercession of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam and his love and his concern for his ummah and how all of humanity benefits from him in the shafa'a al-kubra and then his ummah specifically benefits from his shafa'a that comes after that, his intercession. Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. So if they wrong themselves and they come to you and they seek Allah's forgiveness and the messenger seeks Allah's forgiveness for them, they would find Allah ever relenting and merciful. The mufassirin, such as Ibn Kathir and others, when they comment on this verse, they also mention the stories of the salihin and the tabi'in and those who came after the companions, may Allah be well pleased with them, that once again confirms this meaning, our connection to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. And uh, uh, Ibn Kathir and others narrates a story from Al-Utbi that he uh, uh, said, one of the earlier scholars, that he said he was uh, sitting before what's known as Al-Muwajah al-Sharifa, the, uh, uh, the facing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where the Prophet has buried his grave, his maqam, that uh, there is sort of a place of sending salam and visiting him salawatullahi wa salam there's many ahadith about that and the virtue and benefits of that so al-utbi says i was sitting there and a man came uh, and he recited this verse uh, facing the maqam facing the noble resting place of the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so he recited this verse and he said, Oh Allah, I am asking you for forgiveness and I am turning to you and I have come to your messenger. So he said, Oh Messenger of Allah, ask forgiveness for me. And then he went on his way. Now a person who is uh, limited to just the very shallow understanding of the material world would not appreciate that. But then Al-Utbi he fell asleep and he had a dream of the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ told him, go tell that man that Allah has forgiven him. So he woke up and he went looking for that man to inform him. So even when we visit the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, and we renew our covenant with him, 
and we recognize that he is our Imam and he is our greatest teacher Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and we turn back to Allah once again we recognize Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is the one who forgives sins but Allah here says if the messenger of Allah seeks forgiveness for them in addition to their own seeking Allah's forgiveness Allah will relent and uh, show mercy to them so the next verse وَقَالَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا أَوْ يَظْلِمْ نَفْسَهُ ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ اللَّهَ يَجِدِ اللَّهَ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا And whoever does an evil action or wrongs his or her own self ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ اللَّهَ And then seeks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness Then uh, he would surely find Allah forgiving and merciful وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفُرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Allah says, and those who do a vile action or wrong their own selves and then remember Allah and ask Him for forgiveness for their sins and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and who can forgive sins except Allah, other than Allah? Who can forgive sins other than Allah? And they are not, uh, they are not adamant. They do not continue to do that vile action. Knowingly. Those people, their reward, their compensation will be forgiveness from their Lord and gardens under which rivers flow to live therein forever. And what a great reward for those who do righteous actions. And what's interesting about this verse is that they remember Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indicates that these are people who engage in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, they might make a mistake, they might slip up, but then they go back to their remembrance of Allah and ask for His forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in addition to promising them forgiveness, He also promises them paradise. Look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. You know, there, it, could, it could be that someone who does righteous actions and then commits sins, it could be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would uh, uh, remove and make that sin a cause for abrogating their good deeds. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say that. It says that they're attempting to be upright. They are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then they make a mistake and immediately return. Then those people uh, are given this great reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those who say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and those who say, Rabbana innana amanna faghfir lana dhunubana waqina adhab al-nar. Our Lord, we truly believe. So forgive our sins and protect us from the punishment of the fire. Waqala ta'ala fima dhakarahu an nabihi nuh alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran regarding uh, the story of Prophet Nuh alayhi salam and his conveying the message to his people that he said that Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam he said فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا 
وَيُمْدِدُكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا That Prophet Nuh alayhi salam, he said to his people, I said to them, uh, seek your Lord's forgiveness. Indeed, he is forgiving. He is oft forgiving, subhanahu wa ta'ala, constantly forgiving, constantly forgiving the sins of his servants. What's the result if you ask Allah for forgiveness? He will send rain down abundantly from the heavens. And He will support you with wealth and with children. And He will grant you gardens and He will grant you rivers. So this is a beautiful ayah that shows us that istighfar, seeking Allah's forgiveness, has very real results and consequences in this world. In this world. And then the author, Habib Ahmed bin Zain, he says, إِنَّ الْإِسْتِغْفَارَ سَبَبٌ قَوِيٌّ فِي تَيْسِيرَ الرِّزْقِ That istighfar is a powerful means for the facilitation and ease of provisions. If things get difficult, things start to get tight, Hold on to istighfar. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Allahumma anta rabbi, la ilaha illa ant, khalaqtani wa ana abduk, wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'dika mustata'at. A'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'at. Abu'u laka bi ni'matika alayya wa abu'u bi dhambi. Faghfir li, fa'innahu la yaghfir al-dhunuba illa ant. Turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you'll see that there is a relief that comes. Related especially to taysir al-rizq. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in this verse? That when you seek Allah's forgiveness, He will send down abundant rains. <clears throat> and He will assist you and support you with wealth and with children. So it's a sign that istighfar is a means for rizq. imdad bil amwali wal banin And support with wealth and children. وَفِي كَثْرَةِ الْخَيْرَاتِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى And that it is a means for receiving abundant types of good from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi also said, related to a similar meaning, مَنْ لَزِمَ الْإِسْتِغْفَارَ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ مِنْ كُلِّ هَمٍ فَرَجَا وَمِنْ كُلِّ ضِيقٍ مَخْرَجَا وَرَزَقَهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ Whoever holds on, whoever is inseparable from istighfar. What does that mean? Is that the person... Uh, always keeps to istighfar. Whoever lazim al-istighfar does not separate themselves from it, does not go long amounts of time without seeking Allah's forgiveness or has a wird of istighfar every day, which we'll get to uh, soon enough, inshaAllah. What's the result of that? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Man lazim al-istighfar ja'ala Allahu lahu min kulli hammin faraja. Allah will make for that person from every worry, a way out. From every worry, Allah will grant that person a relief. The Prophet didn't say from most worries, from some worries. He said from every worry. Man lazim al-istighfar. Astaghfirullah, 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 astaghfirullah. That's why actually many of the scholars, and many of the ahadith as well, starting off our day with uh, Sayyidul Istighfar, which inshallah we'll do when we do Wurd al-Latif with Sayyid Abdul Fattah. When we start our day that way, we start off with istighfar 
It opens doors of goodness and protection and relief. So whoever holds on to istighfar, Allah will make a relief for every worry he or she has. That's not it. There's more. That's not just the promise. The promise and more. And from every tight situation, from every difficult and constricting situation or circumstance or state, a way out. And Allah will provide for that person from where he never expected. From where he never expected. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. But what's also important is if someone thinks that they're just going to, to say this with their tongue and not have any sincerity in their heart that they're going to get all of these benefits, you can't trick Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you have to be sincere. And the most important thing is not that your rizq in this world is facilitated, your provisions in this world are merely facilitated, but the most important thing is that your heart is cleansed. Your heart is purified. Your heart is beautified. Your heart is entered into the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ulama, they talk about something called sujudul qalb, the prostration of the heart. They say that we prostrate in our salah, our entire body prostrates. We go into sujood. And that is all leading us and taking us to the point where we want and seek from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ulama say that it is called sujoodul qalb, the prostration of the heart. They say that once the heart prostrates, it never rises from that prostration. It remains in a state of prostration with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what we're seeking. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to encourage us and assist us and show mercy to us gives us all of these added benefits. In another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Tuba liman wajada fi sahifatihi istighfaran kathira. Fortunate is the one, blessed is the one who finds in his or her scrolls on the day of resurrection. Once again, there's a connection with Habib Hussein's class when he was talking about people being given their scrolls either in their right hands or their left hands or behind their back. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, وَإِقْرَأْ Read your book. You are sufficient as your own judge today. And when you read it and you, you cannot deny what is there, you can come to the conclusion for yourself what the result is going to be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran. So the Prophet says, Tuba liman wajada fi sahifatihi istighfaran kathira. Blessed is the one who finds in his or her scrolls abundant istighfar. Just imagine you have a scroll. Let's say it's a long scroll. And there are things that were not necessarily very happy to see there. But then you go, you're reading it before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Astaghfirullah, 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 astaghfirullah. You come back a few minutes later. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. The person on the day of resurrection, when they read that, they're going to be blessed. When they find abundant uh, istighfar and seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness, 
And if they do that consistently, inshallah, the things in between, one istighfar and the other, one set of istighfar and the other that's not uh, pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, it will be erased by the two istighfars that precede it and that come after it. Ya Rabb, oh Allah, we ask you for your mercy and we ask you for your forgiveness and that you make our tongues always move in your remembrance. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. Oh Allah, assist us in remembering you and thanking you and worshipping you with excellence. Another hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam states, Inni la fil I ask Allah's forgiveness every day and night 70 times. Sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Then the author uh, transitions to different forms of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. And these are found uh, from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and found also within the Noble Qur'an, and these are the best forms of istighfar. There are also, in addition to these forms of istighfar, du'as that are collected from the righteous, and the best of the du'as are that which is in the Qur'an and from the Prophet wasallam, and then that, what, that which comes from righteous imams. So the author here is focusing on those in the Qur'an, and from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. La ilaha illallah. فَلْنَذْكُلْ مَا حَضَرَ عَلَى مِنْ أَنْوَعِ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ So he said, I'm going to mention what comes to mind of the various types of istighfar. كَمَا ذَكَرَنَا مَا حَضَرَ مِمَّا جَاءَ فِي فَضْلِهِ Just in the same way that we mentioned in the previous section, the various virtues of istighfar, لِأَنِّي أَلْتَزَمْتُ فِي هَذِهِ الرِّسَالَةِ أَلَّا أُرَاجِعَ كِتَابًا لِتَأْلِيفِهَا بَلْ أَذْكُرُ مَا حَضَرَنِي فِي الْوَقْتِ Because I made the intention in this treatise that I wouldn't uh, write it the way that I would write a book and go back and revise and review the book, but that actually everything in this book is what came to him uh, what was inspired to him and what he had already known and what we would call off the top of his head, radiyallahu anhu. And he just put it together and said, this is, these are some of the, the meanings and benefits from Sayyidul Istighfar. So look at the, these great imams. They can put together books of barakah and acceptance and benefit. And maybe he might have uh, put this together in one day or in a very short amount of time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him and benefit us by what we are learning and reading. So then he says, فَأَوَّلُوا أَنْوَعَ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ مَا جُمِعَتْ هَذِهِ الرِّسَالَةُ بِسَبَبِهِ وَهُوَ سَيِّدُ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ So he says the first uh, formula of istighfar that I will share with you is the one for which this treatise was uh, authored. And that is سَيِّدُ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ الْوَارِدُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ الْمُخْتَارِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وسلم بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ This is from the chosen Prophet وسلم, to be said in the morning and in the evening. Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa ant. Oh Allah, you are my Lord and there is no God except you. Khalaqtani wa ana abduk. You created me and I am your servant. Wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'dika mastata'at. And I am upholding your covenant and your promise to the best of my ability. A'udhu bika min sharri ma sanat. I seek refuge in you. 
from the evil that I have done. I acknowledge your blessing upon me and I acknowledge my sin. So forgive me. For truly, no one can forgive sins except you. And uh, this should be said in the morning and evening. And then the author, Al Habib Ahmed bin Zain, he says, I heard our Shaykh say, which is Al Imam Abdullah bin Alawi Al Haddad, I heard my Shaykh Al Imam Al Haddad, the great Imam and uh, reviver and renewer of the 12th century, say, Imam Al Haddad said, I actually say this dua three times every morning and every evening. I do so, and I'm careful to do so, because of the great virtue and benefit of this dua. And also because doing things, saying duas three times, or doing certain praiseworthy things three times, is from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, his custom. Despite the fact that uh, there is no hadith that states that this, it was his practice to say this three times. But because generally the Prophet ﷺ encouraged saying duas three times and doing things three times, and also that it is only an increase in blessings and benefit and light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Imam al-Haddad would say it three times in the morning and three times uh, in the evening. Naam. And as the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever says it with certainty, with certitude, uh, uh, and uh, dies before he, whoever says it in the day and with certitude, and dies before the night enters, then that person is of the people of paradise. And whoever says it at night with certitude and dies before the coming of the morning, then that person is of the people of paradise. That is what the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said about Sayyidul Istighfar. So as soon as you say it, you are you can consider yourself to be in the category, to be in the the gathering, the party of the people who are from the people of paradise. You know, so it's it's as if you have your your bitaqa. It's as if your ID card when you say this istighfar, your identification is that you're from the people of paradise and you're in safety. And then just like we have to renew our driver's license and our passports, every morning and every evening we renew our identification as being of the people of paradise through Sayyid al-Istighfar. Another form of istighfar that removes sins and uh, uh, bad deeds is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran uh, from Prophet Adam and Hawa salam, Adam and Eve, peace be upon them, when they said, رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَاكُونَنَّا مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Our Lord, we have wronged our own selves. And if you do not forgive us and show mercy to us, we will certainly, we will certainly be of those who are ruined, those who have lost. And some of the ulama said that this is actually 
uh, the words that Sayyidina Adam alayhi uh, salam said when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him, then forgave him from eating from the tree that Allah forbade him from. So when he said, رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِلَّمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَا مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Look at once again the adab. In the previous lesson, we talked about the adab of dua, the etiquette that the servant should have when asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you see, Rabbana, our Lord, you know, this, this already uh, seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy by saying, our Lord, Rabbana, ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا We have wronged our own selves. We've made a mistake. وَإِلَّمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا and if you do not forgive us and show us mercy, if you leave us to our own selves, without your mercy, without your forgiveness, without your support, without your assistance, without your love, we will be lost. We will be of those who are in ruin. So there's a beautiful, uh, there's a beautiful adab, uh, of course, and that's what is expected from the prophets and messengers. <clears throat> Another dua for seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness is Allahumma innaka ta'lamu sirri wa'alaniyati faqbal ma'adhirati Oh Allah, you know my inward state and my outward. You know, for other people, you can hide your inward. Maybe some aspects of what you do or some of the things that you do in private, maybe other people will never know about that. And that's a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that He covers our flaws. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. So even if someone, وَالْعِيَاذُ billah, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. If someone is hypocritical, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. <clears throat> when Sayyidina Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, when all these people were making excuses, and saying, oh, Rasulullah, I couldn't come to the battle of Tabuk for this reason or that reason or the other. Sayyidina Ka'b ibn Malik said, you're Rasulullah Sallallahu Allah is going to inform you if I lie to you. So there's no point in doing that. I cannot come with an excuse. Even if I come with very powerful arguments and very eloquent speech, I fear that I will lose your love and that Allah will expose me as a liar. So here, where... Uh, uh, Confessing our inward state to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma innaka ta'lamu sirri wa'alaniyati. Oh Allah, you know my inward and my outward. Faqbal ma'adhirati. So accept my uh, apology. Accept my excuse. Forgive me, in other words. Wata'lamu hajati fa'atini su'li. And you know my need. So grant me my request. وَتَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِي فَاغْفِرْ لِي ذُنُوبِي And you know what is in my, what is within me, what is in my nafs, what is uh, uh, my inward state. So forgive my sins. Allahumma inni as'aluka imanan yubashiru qalbi. This is a dua that we say, or we should say, uh, every day before Salatul Fajr. Part of the a longer dua, but this is a dua from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam specifically related to istighfar, but it has many benefits and meanings. Allahumma inni as'aluka imanan yubashiru qalbi. Oh Allah, I ask you for iman, for faith, for belief that is always touching my heart. In other words, that is always connected to my heart. 
ويقينا صادقا حتى أعلم أنه لن يصيبني إلا ما كتبته عليه and give me a true certitude so that I know that nothing uh, comes my way, nothing afflicts me except what you have written for me, what you have decreed for me. And make me content with what you apportion me. Imagine starting off your day saying these du'as. You know, people get up and people have all different kinds of routines. Some of those routines are positive. Some of those routines might not be positive. But the way that you start your day helps define your uh, emotional state, your feelings of positivity. Some people will wake up in the morning and go for a jog or a walk and exercise and feel refreshed and feel energized for the day. And that's positive. There's nothing wrong with that. Others might not necessarily sleep very well and might have other routines. But imagine you start off your day, Allahumma inni as'aluka imanan yubashiru qalbi. Oh Allah, I ask you for iman that touches my heart, that covers my entire heart, that is connected. وَيَقِينًا صَادِقًا حَتَّى أَعْلَمَ أَنَّهُ لَنْ يُصِيبَنِي إِلَّا مَا كَتَبْتَهُ عَلَيْهِ And a true certitude so that I know that nothing will come my way except what you have decreed for me. What kind of strength will that person have? What kind of support, divine support will that person have? What doors of tawfiq and success and benefit will open up for that person? Now, so this is all related to seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and turning to Him with one's need. Now, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. And uh, regarding this dua also, there are other ahadith and narrations that indicate the benefits of this hadith. So, uh, one of them is that uh, whoever says this dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer their supplication. So, if you preface a need with this dua and you ask Allah for that need, Allah will answer your, your request. And Allah will forgive the person who says this dua's sins and take care of their worries and their troubles. And the person will be successful in their, uh, in their uh, uh, acquisition of their rizq. And that a person who says this dua, the dunya will, will come to that person by force, even if the person doesn't want it themselves. So we shouldn't say this dua seeking the dunya, by the way. Once again, we can't trick Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if someone wants the dunya and it comes their way, then they're going to be ruined. But that you say this dua with the intention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of your needs. And that you're still cautious of the dunya. But what this shows us is that all of the doors of facilitation open up for that person. You say a dua like this, you're going to have a beautiful day. Uh, by the grace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And another, in another narration, the Prophet says, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this hadith Qudsi, whoever says this dua, I will take out poverty from his or her heart. And the ulama, they say that the poverty 
that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, sought refuge in Allah from is the fear of poverty. Is extreme poverty or the fear of poverty? So here it's that fear of poverty where a person's always worried and thinking and that, and that really troubles a lot of people that it's taken out of their heart. And I've put their sufficiency that they're free of needs in front before their very eyes. Any direction they go, they'll be taken care of. And then the author says, That it touches my heart means that it fills my heart. Oh Allah, I ask you for Iman that fills my heart and touches every part of my heart. So the author actually explained that. Jazakallahu khayran. Another form, uh, a great formula of istighfar, it also comes on the tongue of Prophet Nuh السلام, in the Quran. My Lord, forgive me and my two parents. And whoever enters my home as a believer, and forgive the believing men and believing women. And this is beautiful because it encompasses varying degrees of rights that people have over you. And it's actually very important that you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regularly that you make dua for your parents. Very important. Doors of immense good and doors of nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be open for you if you make dua for your parents. Uh, so that should be something that we should consider a wird. And whatever you want for yourself, ask Allah to give your parents and more. And then some people, unfortunately, in today's world, oh, but my, you know, your parents are not like my parents, or, you know, I don't have Muslim parents, or I didn't have a Muslim upbringing, or abusive parents, or whatever it may, may be. Even if that's the case, make dua for them. Even if someone's parent harmed them, it's not easy. Nobody's saying it's easy. But ask Allah to guide them. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify their state. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then if Allah grants them that transformation, that will be a blessing for the entire family. And that will be a source of, of healing and a source of uh, uh, really you know, uh, restoring a person's uh, pain and removing that from them. So it's very important that we make dua for our parents regularly. And actually the uh, practice of the scholars of Hadramaut and our teachers is that the Prophet ﷺ, he said that after the adhan, between the adhan and the iqama, the adhan being the call to prayer and the iqama being the call right before the prayer begins, the commencement of the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ said that dua between those two times is answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in addition to saying the dua from the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, asking for Allah to grant him al-maqam al-mahmud, the praiseworthy station, and to be granted his intercession, they immediately follow it up by رَبِّ غْفِرْلِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ رَبِّ غْفِرْلِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ my Lord, forgive me and my two parents. My Lord, forgive me and my two parents. They say it five times. And then this dua that's from Surah Nuh, verse 28, 
رب اغفر لي ولوالدي ولمن دخل بيتي مؤمنا وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات My Lord forgive me and my two parents and whoever enters my home as a believer anyone who visits me anyone who is my friend anyone who I have love for who is also a believer forgive them anyone who enters my house inshallah when you make that dua regularly, people will come to your house and their sins will be removed from them and they will feel blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they might not even know why. And forgive all the believing men and believing women. Another dua, which is the dua of Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam, which is in Surah Ibrahim, verses 40 and 41. My Lord, make me of those who establish the prayer and make my offspring, my progeny, also those who establish the prayer. My Lord, accept my prayer, my supplication. My Lord, forgive me and my two parents and for all the believers on the day of judgment. Naam. And then also the dua of Prophet Yunus alayhi salam, which is very well known and is very powerful. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this dua in Surah Al Anbiya, uh, verse, uh, verse 87. So when Prophet Yunus alayhi salam he uh, left the town, the people that he was sent to. Not against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command, but without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission. Allah sought to taught him, uh, ta sought to teach him uh, not to uh, make any movement without seeking permission from his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he was swallowed by the whale. When he was at the, the bottom of the dark ocean, and it was at night, and he was in the darkness of the belly of the whale, he said this dua. And it shows that even if a person is in a situation that seems that there's no way out, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers you, inshaAllah. So then he says, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al And now we should have a sweetness in understanding and recognizing the adab. That Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam, he said, There is no God except you. La ilaha illa anta. There is no God except you. I have no one to turn to other than you. There is no one who has uh, uh, power and ability except you. There is no one who can relieve me and forgive me except you. Subhanak. You are transcendent. You are glorious. I have truly been of those who uh, have acted wrongfully. I have acted wrongfully. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمْ So we answered him and we saved him from the difficulty, from the darkness he was in. And then look at how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. That could have been just for Prophet Yunus alayhi salam, but then Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And in the same way, we save the believers. We grant safety 
and relief to the believers. So some of the ulama said that in this dua, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen, there is no God except you, glorious are you. I have truly been of those who have wronged themselves. That the ulama say that it contains ismullah al-a'zam, Allah's supreme name, that if he is asked by, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer. And they also say that this dua, uh, naam, whoever says this dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove their worries and their sadness. Right, so it's a way of, once again, when we're talking about istighfar and that this is a remedy, this is a healing for the hearts, it's not just a nice title. Now we're not just trying to sound good. This is the reality of istighfar. That you are removing the stain from your heart. You are removing the constriction around your soul that comes with the darkness of disobedience. And you are freeing your soul and connecting to your Lord and entering from the door of His mercy, which will bring everlasting bliss in the hereafter and relief in this dunya and peace in this dunya. Naam. Then the author says that this dua, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen, huwa min awradi shaykhina. This is from the awrad of our shaykh al-imam al-haddad. He would say it 40 times after salat al-witr. He would say, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. And then also adding uh, two of the glorious names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that many ulama also were of the opinion are the supreme is the supreme name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ya hayyu ya qayyum uh, uh, o oh living and self subsistent ya hayyu ya qayyum la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimin ya hayyu ya qayyum la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimin say it 40 times after salatul witr before you go to bed or during qiyam al-layl uh, what what whenever you after you pray salatul witr and see the feeling that you have in your heart. Say it 40 times and then just sit there with stillness. And notice and contemplate on the feeling of peace that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you through the blessing of this dua. Naam. La ilaha illallah. Another form of dua and istighfar is asking forgiveness for all of the believers and particularly those who have preceded us. Uh, and specifically the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum that Allah says in Surah Al-Hashr رَبَّ نَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ سَبَقُونَا بِالْإِيمَانِ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ Surah Al-Hashr verse number 10 Our Lord forgive us and our brothers who preceded us, who came before us with faith and do not make any hatred, do not allow there to be any hatred in our hearts for the people of belief. Our Lord, you are truly uh, compassionate and merciful. And there are uh, other forms of istighfar that the author says, but just for the sake of brevity, even just focusing on those. Those that are Sayyidul Istighfar. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. And then also saying, Astaghfirullah al-Azim, alladhi la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyum wa atubu ilayh. Three times before going to bed. Wa min anwa' al-istighfar il-waridati 'inda al-nawm. 
أستغفر الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وأتوب إليه That when a person says before going to bed Once again we start off the day with istighfar Opening all the doors of goodness And then before we go to bed We end the day with istighfar Removing all of the sins and mistakes That we've made during that day أستغفر الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم أتوب إليه أستغفر الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم أتوب إليه أستغفر الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم أتوب إليه takes what ten seconds the Prophet said that it removes all the sins of that day even if they're as numerous as the foam of the the sea even if they're as widespread as the foam of the sea that when you say that before going to bed there's a great benefit in that. And then the last one that we'll focus on, inshallah, is Astaghfirullaha lil mu'minina wal mu'minat. Saying Astaghfirullaha lil mu'minina wal mu'minat 27 times a day. And here the author says, Ba'da salat al-subh. You can do it either at the end of the night or you can also, a good time of istighfar is the end of the night before Salatul Fajr, another very powerful time for Istighfar is right before Maghrib, before sunset, that those are two special times before the time for Fajr comes in and before the time of Maghrib comes in, right before Maghrib, to sit down and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, forgiveness. And that whoever says, Astaghfirullah lil mu'minina wal mu'minat, every day, I seek Allah's forgiveness for the believing men and the believing women. Whoever says that uh, every day 27 times, that the Prophet said, uh, They become people whose dua is answered, and the people of the earth are given their provision by their barakah. That the people of the earth, their rizq is not withheld because sins hold back rizq and istighfar opens and facilitates provisions. That they become a means of great benefit for the people of the earth. And Imam al-Haddad says, whoever, uh, whoever is consistent and says, astaghfirullah lil mu'minina wal mu'minat 27 times every day. <coughs> whoever says that 27 times every day that that person will be of the abdal. That person will be of a very high rank of the awliya. That the awliya, there are different rankings. And that a person who says, Astaghfirullah lil mu'minina wal mu'minat 27 times, they will be of a rank known as the abdal. So there is great benefit in that. Naam. Anna mulazimahu yasiru min al-abdal. Naam. And then finally, uh, we'll end with, there's many others, but just for the sake of time, the, the author ends the entire book with a very uh, blessed uh, form of istighfar from the Prophet sallallahu says, We will finish this book with what has come from the Prophet about how to conclude gatherings when you're sitting together how to conclude that gathering. And that when you say this dua at the conclusion of a gathering, Allah will forgive anything that was said that was wrong. So maybe sometimes you're with your friends or you're with your family. We should be careful about saying things that are wrong. But maybe you said something that was not quite 
uh, in its place before you get up from every gathering. You should say, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Glory be to you, Allahumma, once again, Allahumma, gathering all the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Glory belongs to you, O Allah, and all praise. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. I bear witness that there is no God except you. I seek your forgiveness and turn back to you in repentance. So we'll end the class with this. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha la ant nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. We ask you, Ya Allah, on this blessed day of Jum'ah, this final Jum'ah in the sacred month of Dhul Hijjah, as we enter into this new year, Ya Allah, we have in our scrolls many deeds that have been done in this year that are completely against what you have commanded us to do and that we are ashamed of before you, Ya Allah. But we say, as our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us to say, Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa anta. Oh Allah, you are our Lord. Anta rabbuna, you are our Lord. La ilaha illa anta. There is no God except you. خَلَقْتَنَا وَنَحْنُ عَبِيدُكَ You created us and we are all your servants. وَنَحْنُ عَلَىٰ عَهْدِكَ وَوَعْدِكَ مَسْتَطَعْنَا And we are trying to uphold your covenant and your promise to the best of our, our ability. نَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا صَنَعْنَا We seek refuge in you from the evil that we have done. نَبُوءُ لَكَ بِنِعْمَائِكَ عَلَيْنَا We acknowledge all of your blessings upon all of us. And we acknowledge our sins. So forgive all of us, for no one forgives sins except you. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that whatever good you have given us the tawfiq to do in this year, and whatever good you give us in what remains of this year, we ask you, Ya Allah, to multiply it and to make it a means of filling our hearts and our scales with light, Ya Akram al Akrameen, and a means for relief and alleviation for the entire Ummah, Ya Akram al-Akrameen wa Ya Arham al-Rahimeen and any one of us who is in difficulty, we ask you, Ya Allah, that you alleviate their difficulty. Any one of us who is ill, we ask you, Ya Allah, that you give them healing inwardly and outwardly. Any one of us who has a need, that you fulfill their need. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that we witness and experience the blessings and the meanings and the knowledge that is contained within this supplication and within your remembrance. Ya Akram al Akrameen wa Ya Arham al Rahimeen wa Sallallahu Ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Alihi wa Ashabi Ajma'in al Fatiha ila Hadrat al Nabi Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alihi wa Alihi wa Sallam al Fatiha. صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم من الضالين آمين نعم ما شاء الله so someone said I know that all types of dhikr have their own place and uh, the questioner is saying I prefer salawat to istighfar because the former encompasses the latter is this incorrect I guess I try to maximize benefit by doing salawat so, mashallah, tabarakallah. So this person is saying that they have a special love for sending salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and the benefits of sending salawat upon Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We could spend the rest of our lives 
talking about that and still not actually uh, encompass all of the benefits. So there is no way that anyone can discourage a person from sending salawat upon the Prophet In addition to that being said, and the fact that yes, it is a means for forgiveness of sins. It is a means for facilitation of rizq and other kinds of benefits. In addition to that, the Prophet the one whom we love and are sending salawat upon, his sunnah is to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness at particular times. And if we look at all of these adhkar and all of these supplications as various types of light or various spiritual fruits, then we, the more that we can uh, nourish our soul with all of the different kinds of benefits and fruits and lights, the better. But there is no doubt that if a person, the Prophet one of the Sahaba, uh, Sayyidina Ubay ibn Ka'b he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, I'm going to spend all of my extra time sending salawat upon you. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi he actually affirmed that that was a good thing to do. So we, we're not going against that, billah, but also that if you can add istighfar, uh, then there's also great benefit in that as well. Or even enter the istighfar into the salawat, that there are uh, formulas of sending salawat upon the Prophet You can also add istighfar and you can get both benefits together. Naam. La ilaha illallah. Sometimes I feel inclined to say astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. And then the question is saying, should I stick to the third person formula, astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayhi, because it is sunnah. So, uh, naam, that there are, uh, there are, both have, are warid. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. I seek your forgiveness and I return to you. And astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayh. I ask Allah for forgiveness and I relent to Him or turn back to Him. Both are warid. And if ever, just the, the, the second half of the question, should I do this because it is, it is a sunnah? Whenever we have a choice between two things and we incline towards one thing, but the other is an established sunnah, it is clearly authenticated, we go with the sunnah. Because there are benefits beyond what you can imagine. Even if you think that uh, there is some beauty that you can witness or that you understand in a slightly different way, you still follow the sunnah because there's more beauty and more benefit and more lights in the sunnah of the Prophet than you can possibly imagine. And if there is both, then you can, you can choose between. The Prophet did it this way and he did it that way. So you can, uh, you can choose. And that's the beauty of all these different types of istighfar. There are so many ways, there are so many paths that lead to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's immense door. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He make us of those who uh, enter from every door of paradise. There, there are eight gates of paradise, and there will be people who enter from every single gate. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes us of those who benefit from all the various du'as of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa 
all of the invocations, all of the types of blessings, all of the ways of drawing nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, we, we enter with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Uh, Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.